Acts 13, page 921. If you're newer to this family, you may not know that we are a part of a greater, broader family, the Alliance community, the Christian Missionary Alliance, often just said the Alliance, uh, because ultimately we're all Christians and we're all missionaries. So the distinction at the beginning was that we were going to send, follow Acts 1-8, take that to heart, and send peoples to the ends of the earth with the message of the gospel. So that's where that missionary heartbeat came from, the Christian and Missionary Alliance. The Alliance does something really uh, unique amongst uh, denominations or mission movements. It trains up its, its leaders who feel a sense of calling to go, like the Smiths, to sell all and go to serve. It trains them up. It equips them. It gives them opportunities for home service, for education. And if they, as they walk that journey, then it commissions, it affirms that call and sends them out fully funded. That means they don't raise, they don't raise funds. The church sends its best. It's always been doing that since Acts 13. Where it sends out, it prays, God, send us, be faithful to the call, the Acts 1-8 promise. And so when that church in Antioch, Acts 13, prayed, God, fulfill this, fulfill your promise, raise up amongst us leaders, the Holy Spirit confirmed and said, set apart for me Paul and Barnabas. These would have been the greatest leaders in that church, their very best their best preacher, their best teacher, their most impassionate one, their best theologian, their best scholar, and then you've got Barnabas, the best pastor, the best encourager, the best friend of the congregation. And so they pray and fast again. Lord, did we get that right? Our two best leaders, you're saying, send out, and they may never come home. And he affirmed that and confirmed that, raised up John Mark to go with them in support, probably also their best servant is my guessing, one that just had the gift of ministry, mercy, and service. So they sent out this team, their very best, to go wherever the Holy Spirit led them to preach, to proclaim the gospel, to make disciples and see churches planted. The Alliance has always been doing this. We take that to heart. We're continuing to do that. And so at council, general council happens every two years where there's at least a call for all uh, licensed or ordained pastors, missionaries, workers, and really anyone from any church who wants to lean into this movement, come if you can. This year happened to be in Orlando, 100 degrees every single day, never left the Marriott, nine and a half hours indoors in an air-conditioned room. But God moved in that room. I came away encouraged and challenged. Encouraged, we sent out and commissioned 60-plus full-time international workers, the largest group in the last two decades from, I guess, what I was gathering. So celebrating what God is doing. He is raising up leaders. Funds are coming in to support them that they can go fully funded to the least reached peoples. Half of them, we couldn't even say where they were going publicly because they're going into creative access locations that are very hostile toward Christ followers. Praise God for that. I'm also encouraged at President John Stumbo's bold humility as he seeks to lead this family into the next season, leading through change and transition, bringing us into some significant conversations as a movement, and just doing so, recognizing the diversity in the room of represented. So I was very encouraged by that, and then also challenged as he challenged each one of us as individuals, whether pastors and leaders of local churches, uh, missionaries, international workers, 
or just those in the room leaning into the mission. He challenged each one of us to go beyond where we've been before, that theme kind of of the week, the go beyond, that our love must grow deeper, that our intimacy with Jesus must go uh, richer and deeper than it ever has gone before because the mission of Jesus calls us, compels us, and convicts us, that we would live with faith-filled risk, one of the core convictions of the Alliance that we have adopted to want to live with as a church as well. John gave two words on the opening night of council that I'd like to share with us. So I am taking a sidestep out of Ephesians for a moment. Back into Acts. We came out of Acts. In fact, we said our study in Acts, the first 19 chapters, was just to get us into Ephesians because it's the story of the church plant in Ephesus. Took a little bit of time walking that journey. So now we're going to go back to Acts 13. And I want to share these two words from that perspective that President John Stumbo shared, inward and upward. And this became a call that he issued to everyone in the room, the 2,000 plus. And he didn't ask this or invite this for leaders to, he did challenge us to take back whatever God was speaking to our context. Uh, But certainly I think I have approval from him to do my best to preach a similar message and a similar call to us that we would move and be called to inward and upward. And he used Acts 13, verses 13 and 14 to preach this message. It may be somewhat familiar to some of you, at least the story as I hinted at of what was happening at the beginning of Acts 13 and then what happened uh, on the journey, on the first missionary journey of this faithful team that was sent, Paul and Barnabas and John Mark. But I didn't linger in these two verses and I'll read them and you'll probably understand why. Uh, I didn't linger here, but focused on the sermon that Paul would preach in Pisidian Antioch. Verse 13, now Paul and his companions set sail from Paphos and came to Perga in Pamphylia. And John left them and returned to Jerusalem. But they went on from Perga and came to Antioch in Pisidia, different Antioch, than where they were sent out from. And so do you see why I may not have lingered there and Two verses that really just seem transitionary in the whole bigger picture story of what God was doing. And so I loved how John brought us to the context. And I hope that context is a little more familiar to us having recently gone through it. But he lingered here, and I love the call of inward and upward. So to back up just a, just a moment, Paul and Barnabas and John Mark had been sent out. They first went to Cyprus, that's Barnabas's hometown or homeland, and they traveled and preached across the island of Cyprus. From Cyprus, they went back to the mainland, got, took a ship, and went up to Perga, a port city. This would be southern Turkey, modern-day Turkey. And that day, it was the region of Galatia. You may know uh, there's a letter written to the churches in Galatia. So God would be fruitful and faithful. Churches would be planted through their ministry Luke simply, Luke is the author of Acts, Luke simply says and briefly says and therefore ironically says they went on from Perga to Antioch in Pisidia. I wonder if as he wrote those words, if he had some kind of a wry smile on his face. The geography is probably lost on most of us. To simply and briefly say they went on from Perga to Antioch in Pisidia is Complete irony. 
There is nothing simple or brief about that journey. From a port city at sea level, it would have been a hundred miles to Pisidian Antioch on foot over the Taurus mountain range at 3,600 feet. This would be like walking today after church to Ellensburg. Not on the road, but through a path up and over the Cascade mountain range the, road, the route was, uh, was often flooded and impassable. It was known to be frequented by bandits along the way. This was the journey that they were called by the Holy Spirit to go on. From Perga, called inland, and so therefore the inward call of the Holy Spirit, and clearly the upward call. This was no day hike. This was the call to go inward and upward. In some ways, that had always been the call for Paul and for Barnabas and John Mark. When you say yes to Jesus, it's going to require inward and upward. In some ways, that's always the call for any follower of Jesus. And sometimes we come to a place like a perga, and we say, I don't know if I've got it in me. I, I knew that following Jesus would, would take all of me. Yes, Lord, whatever you want, whatever you will. You've gave your life for me, I give it to you. We say that, and then we are tested in it, aren't we? We come to a place like Perga, and we say, up there? How far? That journey, that path looks long, hard, dangerous, uncertain, and uphill. Paul and Barnabas went for it. John Mark found a ship in the harbor and sailed away. Now all we can do is guess at what was going on within John Mark and his mind and his spirit, but Paul believed that he had deserted them, that he had withdrawn a lack of faith, a lack of resolve, fear and uncertainty, uh, all understandable. Acts 15 is where we get a little bit more of the story. Acts 15, verse 36 and following. This is after that first journey was complete. After some days, Paul and Barnabas said, let us return and visit all the brothers in every city where we proclaimed the word of the Lord and let's see how they are. And now Barnabas wanted to take with, with them John, called Mark, but Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had, gone, had not gone with them to the work. And there rose a sharp disagreement among them, and even they separated. And Barnabas did take Mark, and they went back to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and departed. So even though we're speculating here, and there's been much speculation, John Mark, perhaps he wasn't feeling well. I mean, seriously, he was battling an illness. It had been a hard journey already. Uh, perhaps he had gotten word by the time they landed in Perga that some, there was a family emergency or uh, something with his work that he needed to go attend to. Perhaps when he first committed, he said, I'll go with you through Cyprus and help however I can. And then they landed on the, main, the mainland in Turkey, and he's like, ah, this is a good chance for me to, to, me to say, I, my journey's over. I've given what I can. I'm going to go home. Whatever the reason, Paul did not think it significant enough to go back. He felt deserted. He felt like just when the Spirit was calling and when he was leading, when we need all the help we can get, 
You, you left, John. You took the easy way out. You found the ship and you went back home. Whatever the reason, John Mark missed out. You read the rest of the story. Paul and Barnabas, they make it. They make it over the mountains. They make it to Antioch and beyond. They see uh, miraculous healings. They see signs and wonders, powerful sermons, the Holy Spirit at work moving. Lives are being transformed. Churches are being planted. John Mark missed it. But it seems that in Acts 15, he wants a second chance. Doesn't want to miss it again. He's ready to go again. The, the Bible is full of second chances. Praise God. It's the story of grace and redemption. But that doesn't mean that we won't miss out. It doesn't mean that through doubt and fear and uncertainty, even while trying to seek the Spirit's voice but not knowing, and we, we withdraw. We, we say, no, I, I, I don't have it in me. I can't do that journey. It's too much. I, I, I'm going to find this ship, and it's going to take me right out of here. That's the, it's the easy button. It's the exit. It's the side door. And, and we may have redemption and grace and favor, even taking that side door and that ship back. God will still use us and work and move. He is faithful. He is good. But that does not mean that we will always experience everything that he had hoped for us. And John Mark missed out on something very significant. And so I wonder... This is what John, John Stumbo asked us. Have you had a Perga moment? Kind of became a catchphrase for us through the week. And he asked, are you, are, you in, are you in one right now? Are you at a Perga? And maybe you've been there for a while. You, you landed in this place in life. I'll make this spiritual here. And you never thought you'd be here. And before you is a path. A journey, an unknown journey. Maybe it's long. Maybe you don't even know if you'll make it. You're wondering, is God actually calling me to that? Because right here is okay. I think I'm going to camp out for a while. And I know I've got the option to get on that ship and go back to where I've come from. But if I go forward in this, everything will be different. In fact, it's demanding the wholeness of my life from my perspective. You've been in one of those kind of moments? One of those crucial Perga-type moments, and the call is to go inward and upward. Perhaps it's a new school for some of you that you're entering into this fall or that you've just applied to and been accepted to, a new educational pursuit that starts to chart a whole new course in life. Perhaps it's a new job or a new career adventure, an opportunity of leadership that has come to you and it feels like a Perga moment. To, to say yes and take that shifts the storyline. Perhaps it's a ministry opportunity of influence or leadership. Perhaps it's a new relationship. Marriage is coming. Family is growing. Kids are being brought to you. Perhaps it's a new responsibility that you didn't expect. I know there's many caregivers in the room. You never thought you would be in this place and you're at this perga or you've already said yes to that moment and you're going on the journey and it's still uphill. Perhaps some of you are facing a new challenge. You've 
heard from your doctor recently. You have a diagnosis that you did not want to hear. Any one of these things could be like a Perga moment, and I know that doesn't describe every one of us. Some of us have been there and moved on. Some of us are on that path. Some of us have taken the ship and headed the other direction. But for those in that place of right now is a Perga moment, the call of Jesus is clearly to go upward and inward, and you know it. You know it. But you don't know if you've got it that I'm here to hopefully be a voice of the Holy Spirit like John Stumble was, I think, to so many to say, do not miss out. That path and that call is greater than you could ever imagine. There is grace and there is redemption, but taking that ship and going back is going back to where you've been. And the Holy Spirit wants to grow you deeper, stretch your faith further, so I'm writing this message and thinking about it and certainly thinking about our, our friends, the Smiths. Maybe this whole last year and beyond has felt like a Perga moment. Every step and every moment, testing faith, will they continue to go inward or upward or will they get on that airplane and fly away? Now they may not have that choice, but will they go back if that's what it comes to? We pray we seek the Lord, we seek his faithful call, and he will provide. God wants to take us inward and upward, and it's always first about our heart and our soul, the spiritual above the material, the inward more than the outward. He wants to take our faith and our knowledge of him deeper. Paul would say, years later, and how could he not have been thinking of this moment and probably so many others, there were Perga-like moments in Paul's life. He said in Philippians chapter 3, verse 14, he said, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That became his mantra his whole life, to press on because of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's his call to each one of us. And God will often use the external and the material to open the eyes of our heart, right? To give us eyes to see, to enlighten our vision that we could see him more fully, know him more completely as we walk through our Perga moments to an unknown place on an unknown path, knowing it won't be easy. We've never done it before. But all of those uncertainties, all of those potential doubts and fears and all of the hardship of that, what does it do but keep us on our knees? To keep us in the word going, Lord, I need to hear your voice and your promises daily. I'm dependent on it. Will keep us tightly connected with community because the enemy would love us to think that we're, we're completely alone. Everyone has left us. No one has ever gone on this kind of a journey before. In fact, it's foolishness to even consider it. Go back, go back, quit, exit, get out of here. That's the lie of the enemy. When the call of Jesus is upward and inward, you are not alone. And so those hardships keep us tightly knit in community, on our knees before him, crying out to him, and in the word seeking his promises, all of those things so vital for our growth. For you that are up halfway up the mountain and you're looking back and Perga's way down in the valley, but 
you don't even see where that mountain pass is. I mean, they may go on forever as far as you know. Then I'm here just to encourage and say you are not alone. The Holy Spirit is always with you. But even in this room, there are others who have walked this journey. Some are a little bit ahead, some are a little bit behind, and maybe that fog or those clouds have closed in enough where you don't see any of them, but you are not alone. Be faithful. The Lord is faithful. Continue to give him all that you are. Renew your faith. Renew that call. Be reminded of it. And for those that are in the, at the Perga and going, I've already bought the ticket on the ship out of here. If this moment and this timing is for you, then may it be the Holy Spirit that says, tear up that ticket. It's time to go. And don't take my words for it. It would hit you here in the heart. And it may be uncertain, may get that heart racing, but it won't feel like condemnation. It won't feel like guilt. It'll feel hopeful. It'll feel right. It'll resonate. And so may it be. You know, President John Stumbo was calling the whole Alliance family inward and upward, starting with this individual call that I am giving to each one of us, because we do find ourselves in those places like Paul and Barnabas and John Mark, and we kind of see each one of them having to wrestle through this and make that faith-filled risk step to keep going upward or inward or to turn and go home. But John Stumbo was also calling us as a movement, a family, recognizing that as a family, he believes we are at a Perga-type moment. We cannot stay. We have a call that is greater, that requires us to move beyond, and we must do it together, collectively convicted, And while this isn't overtly said, when you study the history of movements and denominations, the ones that fail after having such a great run, the ones that fracture because they cannot come together around the unity of where Jesus is calling them for the future, this Alliance family is one movement right now. And I believe that John is sensing the tension that happens in any movement 120, 130 years in that is seeking to chart new courses and there's many like, there's many like Paul and Barnabas and there's many like John Mark. And he is calling us as a family to move together beyond. I'm encouraged and I'm challenged. And why it resonates, I think, so deeply with me is that I truly believe we as a Union Hill Church are at a Perga-like moment. That the journey to get here was a little unexpected. God was at work, but we didn't quite expect how we got here. And that he is calling us inward and upward. He is calling us beyond in the season ahead because the call of Jesus compels us and convicts us. And so I am inviting you to pray with me and for me and for your leaders as we seek to chart that course. The course is uncertain, but we know we must go inward and upward. I wrote in my annual report. I hope you'll get a chance to read that if you haven't already. It was put online this week. There's copies of it out in the foyer. 
Uh, I invite you to read that at some point. It's about five pages long. We'll interact on that uh, tonight. So even if you don't have a chance to read it, but you can come tonight, uh, we'll interact on, on that a little bit more. I, I, I believe in three areas, and this will probably sound familiar, new shoots, deep roots, diverse fruit. Well, let me unpack that just briefly, and we'll get, we'll get into it more tonight. That New shoots, we must help all peoples find new life in Jesus. That's our mission. That's the way we say our mission. The mission is the same as it's always been. Make disciples. Be my witnesses. That hasn't changed. We're just using greenhouse language. We must help all peoples find new life, new growth in Jesus and continue to grow to bear fruit for him. We must more effectively reach families with young children in our community. That's a conviction. We must grow in our capacity and conviction to reach lost neighbors, coworkers, friends, family. New shoots. Deep roots. We must grow more passionately in love with Jesus and more intimately attuned to the Holy Spirit's presence and power, gifting and filling. And it's Pentecost Sunday, so it's a good day to start. Or it's a good day to continue that pursuit, deep roots. We'll probably continue to say, and I think you're here for a reason. You're in this greenhouse community for a reason. Or if you're just getting planted into this one, you're wondering if this is it because we are meant to grow. We are not meant to stay the same. We are meant to grow, to produce fruit, to see harvest, to see multiplication in all areas of our life. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life abundantly, overflowing to the full. That's what we were made for. We're not made to stay the same. We're made for transformation. Jesus meets us right where we are, but he loves us too much to leave us there. We are called inward and upward from the Perga over the mountains. Every one of us. And I assume that is why you are here because there are a whole lot of places you could be sitting that will never challenge you to grow. So let's go. Diverse fruit. We must work. This has been, God has been convicting me on this for years. And this week was a powerful reminder. I had a word spoken into my life that I take as God's word. We must work to break down walls and to build up unity across historically dividing lines. And I can stop there and I can say, make a list of what you know has caused division within the church and within our culture and community. And your list would be long, I know it. And it would probably be different than others but historically dividing, I am speaking of racial, cultural, political. I am also speaking of the other things that divide us, intellectual, chronological, in the sense of age, financial, and more. Things that divide us. We must work to break down walls for we are all one in Christ Jesus. More on that in a couple weeks as we get back into Ephesians chapter two. 
We must prepare for and anticipate all of the gifts and fruit of the Holy Spirit that they would be manifest and growing amongst us. We must. And I'm committed to take us on that journey, still wondering what the course of it will look like. That's just a snapshot. I invite you to come tonight to hear more and to interact with me and us on that and as we move on the journey ahead. So, are you ready to go? Ready to go inward and upward? No, me either. (laughs) But we're going. And I'm hearing President John Stumbo who has been a friend and a mentor to me, and so I probably have a little more of an insight into his heart, but just hearing him and watching him as he preaches this message, and he gets to this point, and he says, I am at a Perga moment personally, just this transparency and vulnerability, and as your president, I don't want to go on this journey. I don't feel equipped for it, but I'm going, as his voice strains more than it has already strained as tears clearly come to his eyes in front of 2,000 people saying, I do not want to miss out. God is calling, and I cannot go alone. It may take everything that I've got. It may take my whole life, but I am giving it. And man, if your heart doesn't resonate with that, I say, I'm in, I'm in. May we walk by faith, not by sight, by faith-filled risk. And as we've adopted that one as a core conviction, I I think I have to stay today for myself and probably for us, it is simply an aspiration. It is not yet a conviction. And Lord, may it be a conviction. Grow our faith deeper than it's ever been. Uproot fear and doubt. Pour out your Holy Spirit and fill us with holy fire just as you did on that first Pentecost. That first Pentecost had about 120 people in the room and they changed the world. Huddling in fear to becoming the greatest movement and world changers in the history of the world because the Holy Spirit came upon them. And so, Lord, may we join them No, we don't need to recreate a Pentecost moment. No, we don't pretend to assume what the Holy Spirit wants to do. But if we do not come with expectation and anticipation that he is still living and active and take Jesus at his word that it is better for me to go and the Holy Spirit to come, then may it be, Lord. And may it be. And we don't want to go back. That ship takes us back to where we've been. And it's tempting but we press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You know what Paul said just before he said those words in Philippians 3? I'm guessing many of you do, but if not, hear them. He says, indeed, I count everything as loss except for the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Savior for whose sake I have suffered the loss of all things and I count them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes through faith, but the righteousness that comes from God and depends on faith, that I might know him, that I might know the power of his resurrection, that I might even share in his sufferings and becoming like him in his death, if that's what it costs, 
so that by any means possible I might attain the resurrection from the dead, inward and upward to the very end of his life. We have already been given everything that we need. And one of the times that I responded at, at council, there's always a number of calls hey, for either uh, healing prayer, for responding to the Spirit, uh, be people of movement. You'll hear that often in my language here. That's why we have communion at tables. Well, it's a part of the reason that we're people of movement. We're moving toward Jesus. It helps to have physical connections. And uh, so we move forward. And one of the calls and responses uh, was very emotional for me. Another one, I had a big smile on my face the whole time. People next to me are weeping. It doesn't, the call and the response doesn't always have to be emotional and overwhelming. For some it is, because that's where God has them. They're in that perga place. They need, they're crying out to the Lord. They're at the end of themselves. For others, they're saying, I'm in. I'm in, let's go. They're motivated. They're encouraged. So one of the times I had the big smile on my face, I'm singing, I was able to pray with some others. Right toward the end of the time, had a young man come to me and speak into my life, pray over me. He said, I think, as I'm just watching, for whatever reason, God has highlighted you, and what I was praying for, I'll share more later, but I was praying deeply for God to do a work in me and through us with, very, with, with some specifics, but with a complete humility of, Lord, I have no idea how to lead us there. And so this young man came, I believe in faithfulness, and said, I believe, uh, you know, God's called me to pray for you. He prayed very encouraged. He said, I think there's a word that he asked me to give you. All that you are seeking right now and asking him for, God will give you. And you have everything you already need. So I receive. I receive And in some ways, I'm terrified of what that could mean. (laughs) So I invite you to respond today. And and we don't often have an altar call. This is not much of an altar. In fact, you know, it's pretty weak. (laughs) These carpets are pretty worn. They probably should be worn more with knee prints. And it's not because this is a holy place. It's because when the Holy Spirit speaks to us and stirs us and we're called to move, we move. And I don't expect that to be everyone in the room, although I wouldn't be surprised that it resonates more uh, because it resonated with me on on behalf of you in this family that many of us are in that place, in that perga place, or have started the path and are ready to go back, ready to give up every day. And so if this is speaking to you, then be, then respond with movement. And that movement may simply be coming to the table with a renewed sense of prayer and thank you, Jesus, and help me, Lord, with your strength. But it may be coming and kneeling on these somewhat worn steps or sitting in the front, praying with others who are moving and saying, I'm in. Jesus is calling. I've wanted to go, but I'm in. Inward and upward. And I join in. And I'll be sitting here. I don't, I don't want to be alone but if he's just speaking to me, okay. Because I want to go further than we've gone before. I want to go beyond. I want to go deeper. I want to see more. The call of Jesus is too important. It convicts too significantly. And it can't be accomplished without going together. So if this is you and the Holy Spirit speaking or simply I want to be a part of that, then I invite you to come. I'll invite the team to come and help lead us in response, creating music uh, behind us, words to proclaim, prayers to sing, to, to music. And may we be people of movement. doesn't have to be emotional. It may be. 
as the Spirit comes, we invite him. He's already here. We invite him to now work, to be manifest, to make himself known, whether that's encouragement, conviction that leads to transformation, whether that's healing in a moment, whether that's answering a specific prayer or question that you've had as we speak into one another's lives, as these words continue to speak the word of the Spirit, as we pray for one another. Let's be people who respond, who hear God's voice and respond to it. Let me pray, and then team, you can lead us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the work that you are still about. Remind us, Lord. Habakkuk's prayer comes to mind. In the midst of our years, Make it known. In the midst of the years, revive us, Lord. We want to see you more fully. You are also worthy of, of Revelation 7, of every tribe, every tongue, every nation gathered around your throne, proclaiming Jesus, you are king, you are savior. That's the picture we have, it will be one day. But Jesus, you told us to pray, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So here we are in this little chapel with these little worn stairs being stirred of heart to one degree or another. May we be people who respond to your voice and yours alone. Bring clarity, not confusion. Bring peace, not uncertainty. Bring hope, destroy fear, Lord. Strengthen, encourage, heal, equip us for the journey ahead as you deploy us as we sent out 60 of your missionaries to the ends of the earth this week, we celebrate, we pray, be with them, go, we're encouraged. But I pray the result of this council was far more than 60, but thousands being commissioned as your missionaries right in our own Jerusalems, right here in Redmond, Sammamish, Issaquah, Seattle, and beyond. For your glory, Lord, but for our great joy as we go inward and upward with you. Lead us, we pray. Fill us, we cry out. Amen.